and welcome to Intensive Care Project Day 5. My name is Maureen Treasure and today I will be sharing insights from the Bible into what I entitled All in the Vision. And my prayer is that God will open your eyes to see that He has provided everything you need to live a purposeful life. Yours is to seize the moment and jump into the rich and abundant provision which His divine power has made available for you to fulfill your purpose here on earth. My emphasis today is in Genesis chapter 2, verse 8 to chapter 3. And I'm going to take time to read that scripture. From verse 8, it says, The Lord God planted a garden eastward in Eden, and there he put the man whom he had formed. And out of the ground the Lord God made every tree grow that is pleasant to the sight and good for food. The tree of life was also in the midst of the garden, and the tree of the knowledge of good and evil. Now a river went out of Eden to water the garden, and from there it parted and became four riverheads. The name of the first is Pishon, it is the one which encompasses the whole land of Havilah, where there is gold, and the gold of that land is good. Delium and the onyx, onyx stone, are there. The name of the second river is Gihon. It is the one which encompasses the whole land of Cush. The name of the third river is Hidekel. It is the one which goes toward the east of Assyria. The fourth river is Euphrates. Then the Lord God took the man and put him in the garden of Eden to tend and keep it. And the Lord God commanded the man, saying, Of every tree of the garden you may freely eat, but of the tree of the knowledge of good and evil you shall not eat for in the day that you eat of it you shall surely die and the lord god said it is not good that man should be alone i will make him a helper comparable to him out of the ground the lord god formed every beast of the field and every bird of the air and brought them to Adam to see what he would call them. And whatever Adam called each living creature, that was its name. So Adam gave names to all cattle, to birds of the air, and to every beast of the field. But for Adam, there was, found, there was not found a helper comparable to him. And the Lord God caused a deep sleep to fall on Adam, and he slept, and he took one of his ribs and closed up the flesh in its place. Then the rib which the Lord God had taken from man, he made into a woman, and he brought her to the man, and Adam said, This is now born of my bones and flesh of my flesh and she shall be called woman because she was taken out of man therefore a man shall leave his father and mother and be joined to his wife and they shall become one flesh and they were both naked the man and his wife and were not ashamed now the serpent was more cunning than any beast of the field which the Lord God had made. And he said to the woman, Has God indeed said, You shall not eat of every tree of the garden? And the woman said to the serpent, We may eat the fruit of the trees of the garden, but of the fruit of the tree which is in the midst of the garden, God has said, You shall not eat nor shall you touch it, 
place you die and the serpent said to the woman you will not surely die for God knows that in the day you eat of it your eyes will be opened and you will be like God knowing good and evil so when the woman saw that the tree was good for food that it was pleasant to the eyes and a tree desirable to make one wise she took of its fruit and ate she also gave to her husband with her and he ate then the eyes of both of them were opened and they knew that they were naked and they sewed fig leaves together and made themselves coverings and they heard the sound of the Lord God walking in the garden in the cool of the day and Adam and his wife hid themselves from the presence of the Lord God among the trees of the garden. Then the Lord God called to Adam and said to him, Where are you? So he said, I heard your voice in the garden, and I was afraid because I was naked, and I hid myself. And he said, Who told you that you were naked? Have you eaten from the tree of which I commanded you that you should not eat? Then the man said, The woman whom you gave to be with me, she gave me of the tree and I ate. And the Lord God said to the woman, What is this you have done? And the woman said, The serpent deceived me and I ate. So the Lord God said to the serpent, Because you have done this, you are cursed more than all cattle and more than every beast of the field and your belly you shall go and you shall eat dust all the days of your life and I will put enmity between you and the woman and between your seed and her seed and he shall bruise your head and you shall bruise his heel to the woman he said I will greatly multiply your sorrow and your conception. In pain you shall bring forth children. Your desire shall be for your husband, and he shall rule over you. Then to Adam he said, Because you have heeded the voice of your wife, and have eaten from the tree of which I commanded you, saying, You shall not eat of it, Cursed is the ground for your sake. In toil you shall eat of it all the days of your life. Both thorns and thistles it shall bring forth for you, and you shall eat the herb of the field. In the sweat of your face you shall eat bread till you return to the ground, for out of it you are taken. For dust you are, and to dust you are. You shall return. And Adam called his wife's name Eve because she was the mother of all living. Also, for Adam and his wife, the Lord God made tunics of skin and clothed them. Then the Lord God said, Behold, the man has become like one of us to know good and evil. And now, lest he put out his hand and take also of the tree of life and eat and live forever. Therefore the Lord God sent him out of the garden of Eden to till the ground from which he was taken. So he drove out the man and he placed cherubim at the east of the garden of Eden and a flaming sword which turned every way to guard the way to the tree of life. Now the version I just read to you is the New King James Version. And the scripture is 
Genesis chapter 2 from verse 8 down to chapter 3. I'm just going to pick out some portions of the scripture within the context of our discussion today due to time constraint. For those who will be privileged to get into the Psalmist Heaven School of Worship 2021 will have access to great wisdom and insight from the whole chapters, chapter 2 and 3, in a course titled Purpose versus Vision. So let me start by reminding you today again that the reason why God will give you a vision is because he has made provision for everything that you will ever need or require to accomplish the vision. That's why in 2 Peter chapter 1 verse 3, the Bible says that his divine power has granted to us all that pertains to life and godliness through the knowledge of him who calls us to his own glory and excellence. And if you read verse, eight, verse 4a of the same scripture, you will discover that the Bible says that by which he has granted to us his precious and great promises so that through them you may become partakers of his divine nature. Remember also that I told you that vision is an invitation to partake in the very nature of God. And it's an invitation to co-creation with God. Therefore, God is in the center of every vision that he gives because every true vision actually comes from his presence. Remember I've told you also in the course of this project that Eden represents the presence of God and as long as man remained in the garden in Eden he had access to everything he needed to tend the garden so any visionary that remains connected to God will have access to every supply necessary to actualize and fulfill his or her calling in John chapter 15 verse 5, Jesus speaking to his disciples, he said, I am the vine, you are the branches. Anyone who remains in me will bear fruits, for without me you can do nothing. So God is the supplier of every resource or resources for every vision to be accomplished. That's why in Colossians chapter 3 verse 23 the Bible says whatever your hands finds to do do it as unto the Lord and not unto men knowing that from the Lord you will receive the inheritance as your reward therefore the Lord who gives the vision is the same Lord that supplies the resources and he is the same Lord that rewards the second insight i'll be sharing with you today is the reality of his rich supply to the visionary in order to ease the work and to help the visionary accomplish the vision. Now these supplies comes in different ways and different forms. Remember we have established that every God-given vision always gives birth to other visions and that you were not created to do just one thing. So a river parting into four other river heads speaks to multiple streams of income for every visionary. And this depends on how connected you are to the source, which is God. And that's why 
It is a function of faithfulness to the vision. Now, have you ever heard the saying that the reward for faithful work or for faithfulness is more work? It is more work because multiple streams of income is more work and God only rewards faithful workers. It is those who are faithful in carrying out their duties that will have access to his rich supply because God does not and cannot put up with irresponsibility and lack of commitment. That's the reason why we must not slack in business. In the parable of the talent in Matthew chapter 25, that was the reason why the master collected the talent from the servant who hid his one talent and gave it to the one with five who made five or made full return on his investments. Why do you think he gave it to the one with 10 talents and not the one with four talents. The reason is because the one with 10 talents had proven to be more faithful and committed and made a 100% return on investment. He did more work and was given much work to do. So the reward of faithfulness or faithful work is that more work will be given to you. And the more you work with God and for God, the more he rewards you. So every faithful and committed visionary will always receive other visions as a reward springing out of the vision he or she is already accomplishing and bringing him or her other sources of income to accomplish the work. Now let me quickly tell you something about provision. Actually the word provision is a compound word which means to provide for or supply something for use. Pro and vision are the two words put together. To form the word provision. And from the English dictionary, the word pro simply means support or for, which is F-O-R. And vision, on the other hand, means work. So what that simply suggests is that provision simply means support for the work. So whatever is being supplied to you is for the work. Meaning support for the work or something to support the work. And that is what provision is all about. So God provides for the work and that is provision. Another insight I want to quickly share with you today is what I've already mentioned in previous episodes. And I would love to put it this way, that vision is an invitation to creation. It is an opportunity to manifest the character or nature of the creator that is God. And that is why God's eyes are always tall and fro looking out for those or who is available so that he can give or show strong support or provide for. As a matter of fact, 
God is very limited when it comes to doing the work of men because it is only man that God had given the power and authority to carry out his work on earth. So for God to do anything on earth, he has to seek the permission of man. So God looks out for men who are working faithfully so that he can put out or pour his ability in them according to 1 Chronicles chapter 16 verse 19. Remember also that in Deuteronomy chapter 8 verse 18 the Bible says that thou shalt remember the Lord thy God for it is he that giveth thee power to make wealth. So every opportunity and provision to carry out God's plan and purpose on earth is made available by God and God alone. And that is because he is interested in men accomplishing his purpose here on earth. So he loads them with everything that is necessary to carry out his work. And that's why you must never limit yourself and you must never put confidence in your own ability to do God's work because it is God that gives the ability. Philippians chapter 2 verse 13 says, For God is working in you, giving you the power and the desire to do what pleases him. So depend on God for every supply and he will richly supply. In one of the episodes, I'll be sharing with you how vision is an invitation or partnership with God. And why God is so much in a hurry to pour himself into you so that you can carry out his work here on earth. Now, let me quickly share some insights with you that will help you understand the help that God provided for man in the Garden of Eden. In Genesis chapter 2 verse 18 where we read, the Bible says that God saw that it was not good for the man to be alone. So he made provision for a help by creating the woman. This therefore goes to say that even your marriage partner is connected to your vision. The reason why God will give you a wife or a husband is because of the work he has assigned you to do. This implies that anyone who is not doing anything for God and in life is not entitled to help but a helper. The basis on which God will give you a help or a partner in marriage is that you are doing exactly what he created you to do. And let me say this to us as ministers, especially the men. I'm talking about the male gender. The responsibility of finding and choosing a life partner is solely given to the man. We hear these debates here and there, whether it is appropriate for a woman to approach a man in marriage. Well, I'm not trying to slight any opinion you have been um, made to believe or any opinion you share on this subject. But I have an obligation to tell you the truth as I receive from the Lord and you can check it out from scripture. Now, from that scripture where we read, you will discover that that particular responsibility of searching and finding or choosing a marriage partner has been given or was actually given to the man alone. And let me show you. After God created every other thing except the woman and brought them to 
the man to Adam to see what he will call them. He was actually teaching him or giving him an opportunity to search for a help. And at the same time, it was an opportunity to reveal or manifest that nature of God, which is the creative nature. Remember that God had finished crea creation. He had rounded up his project of creation, which he did by mere declaration, let there be. And then after everything had come to be, then he brought his creation to Adam to see what he will call them. And the Bible says that whatever name Adam called each creature by declaration, exactly the way God did, that was its name. So the same way God created the earth and everything in it was the same way Adam named God's creation. Therefore, God was testing his ability to create. And by that action, he was also giving Adam an opportunity to search for a help. And whatever that came out of Adam's mouth, God established it. So God validated Adam's ability to also create with words. And in that process, he was also searching for help. And the Bible says that amongst the animals, amongst the creation, there was no help found for Adam. He couldn't find help among the animals, which clearly tells us that a man is not supposed to take an animal as a marriage partner. Then God had to put Adam to sleep and formed for him out of his body a help and brought her to the man. And immediately he set his eyes on the woman. By instinct, God didn't tell him that this is your wife. No, but immediately the man saw the woman. He declared, this is surely the bone of my bones and flesh of my flesh. Now the question is, why didn't God just bring the woman and tell Adam that here is your wife? He could have just brought the woman and said, man, behold your wife. But God didn't do that. God just brought the woman and kept her before Adam. And it was Adam by himself that identified the woman. He even gave her the name woman. He said, surely this is the bone of my bone, my bones, this and the flesh of my flesh, and she shall be called woman. For she was taken out of man. Do you see that? So God wanted Adam to discover it and Adam actually did and that clearly tells us that the responsibility to search and to find that's why in Proverbs chapter 18 verse 22 the Bible says that he who finds a wife finds a good thing and obtains favor from the Lord not she that finds a husband so it's about discovery and the emphasis is on he who finds. It's a function of adventure and discovery. And you know you have to search in order to discover. That's why the Bible says that it is the glory of God to conceal a matter and the honor of kings to search it out. So God gave Adam the honor of searching out for his perfect help. And Adam actually did, and he was able to discover that among the creation of God, there was no help for him until God had to make provision for that 
perfect help. And when God brought that help to Adam, Adam discovered it and declared that this was a perfect help for him. Notice also that everything happened in the garden. It was in the presence. And that signifies that to every visionary that must settle down or marry, your wife or husband must come from God. His presence. Everything I told you is within the vision. And the reason why God will give you a partner is because you are doing something. You have a vision and you are dwelling in God's presence. Another very important matter I want to draw your attention to is the reality of temptation present in the vision. I told you on day four that the one reason why you must be addicted to praying is so that you will not fall into temptation. I want you to know that within the vision, there is always temptation. And that is the reason why you must not or you must constantly be in touch with God to know his will per time. Don't depend on your own wisdom or ability. Let God lead you. The Bible says that it was when Eve began to look at the other side or the other things of the garden. And she looked at the fruits. And she saw that they were pleasing to the eyes and that they were good for food that she yielded to temptation and that led them out of the presence of God. Now, even the provision that God allows or God gives or makes for the vision could be or can be a source of distraction and temptation to us as visionaries. And if you focus only on the gains of the vision, you will lose sight of the essence of the vision. And I need you to take this very seriously because once you lose sight of the essence of the vision, what will consequently happen is that you will lose sight of his presence and then you will step out of his purpose and step into stealing. In Genesis chapter 3 verse 23 where we read, remember that it was after they were chased out of the presence of God in Eden that Adam began to till the ground where he came from in order to create his own garden. But in Eden, the garden was already created for him to keep. But outside Eden, he had to cultivate his own garden. And listen to me. When you are out of God's purpose, you will have to create your own purpose. And that is labor, hard labor. There is a great difference between tending and tilling, between work and labor. What Adam was doing in the garden was tending, dressing, working, or maintaining the garden. The garden that was already tilled and cultivated and furnished with every good thing. His duty was just to maintain the garden. But the moment he stepped out of the presence, he stepped into tilling. And that is labor. Time will fail me in this podcast to throw more light on the difference between work and labor or tilling and tending. But I have taken time to explain them in a course I titled 
purpose versus vision for those who will make it to Sami's Heaven School of Worship 2021. Now, very close to the issue of temptation is also the reality of the tempter himself, which is the devil, who is also interested in carrying out his own work, his own vision around your domain, within your vision. I told you that one of the reasons why you must pray is that your vision will be attacked. Satan is more interested in what God wants to do with your life than you think you are interested in doing the work of God or in doing what God wants you to do with your life. So you must be aware of the devil and how he comes to carry out his own activity within your vision. That's why the Bible admonishes us not to be ignorant of the devices of the devil. John chapter 10 verse 10 gives us a clue to what Satan is up to and is capable of doing in our lives. It says that the thief comes not but for to steal, to kill, and to destroy. But Jesus has come to give us life and give it more abundantly. Now, it is important for you to know that there are many ways and forms in which Satan or the thief can come. To Adam and Eve in the garden, he came as a serpent. He may not necessarily appear to you as a serpent. He can appear to you as a friend. He can use anyone and anything available to reach you. He could even take the form of a family member or even your church member. Your own mind can be an avenue or a medium through which Satan can come to stop or disrupt the work you are doing or the work you are set to accomplish or to even interfere with the purpose of God for your life. He could even use your job. Yes, he can use your career or a hobby to stop you from fulfilling your God-given purpose or vision. And by that, I mean what you are doing presently, if that is not what you are called to do can be a source of distraction. This is what explains why many people will quit their high-paying jobs or career in order to focus on what God has called them to do. So your mind can be an avenue through which Satan can come to stop you from fulfilling your purpose. That's why you must guard your heart with all diligence, the Bible says. Out of it lies the issues of this life. Proverbs chapter 4 verse 3. That's why you must never give in to that feeling of discouragement and despair. And that's why you must not look down on yourself. That is also the reason why you must not be intimidated by what others are doing when you think you have not even started or started anything. You must muster strength and courage from within you and draw strength from everything that your maker has made available because it is all in you. So learn to set your priorities aright and take a bold step and pay close attention to what you have been called to do. I'd like you to know that if you are truly called by God and if your vision is from God, 
then you will realize that your own personal agenda does not count. Because one of the evidence that you have been called or that you are called by God is that you will forget about every other thing. You will check out of your own ambition and focus on God's vision. Check out anyone or everyone that God called from the scripture. One thing was very striking about them and that was or that is that they all abandoned whatever they were doing and followed the master. For instance, the Samaritan woman, the Bible says she left her water jar. Remember that her mission to the well side was to fetch water. But when she encountered the master, she forgot about what she came to do. And all that mattered to her was to proclaim Jesus to her people. And that was the experience of Elisha too, the 12 disciples and a host of other apostles, including Saul of Tarsus, that is St. Paul. All of them at one point or the other left or forgot about their own ambition and began to pursue the vision of the master. So that's what you experience when you are truly called by God. One thing that will strike you about the call is that it will require you to forget about your own personal agenda, that is your ambition, and start pursuing the master's agenda. And that's why Jesus said in Luke chapter 9 verse 23 that anyone that will truly be his disciple will have to forget self and take up his cross and follow him. Do you know that if God demands something from you, it is because he wants to bless you? If he demands water from you, it is because he wants to give you the living water. As a matter of fact, God will never ask you for anything he has not provided or he has not given you. When he asked the Samaritan woman for a drink, it wasn't because he really wanted to drink water. It was simply because it is in his nature as God to always meet people at the point of their needs. And that's why he didn't eventually drink the water he was requesting for. So whenever God demands something from you, it is because he wants to give you something better. He does not take anything from any man. When he asks you for a drink, it is because he wants to fill you and bless you. He will never leave you hungry if you do his will. No man has ever been stranded in life because he is doing the will of the Father. And that's why I speak strength to you. I encourage you to rise up and pursue that which God has dropped in your heart, no matter what is at stake, no matter what is staring you in the face. It doesn't matter what Satan has made you believe about yourself or about what you are doing for God. If he couldn't stop Jesus, he can't stop you. If he could not stop God from redeeming mankind, then he cannot stop you. He doesn't have what it takes to stop you. Do you know what Satan planned to do in Eden? He planned to completely stop the work and put an end to what God had done or created. He planned to do something that will keep men completely away from God's presence so that man will never have access to accomplish God's purpose for his life. His aim 
was to bring an end to that vision. But thanks to God, he had a plan B. God can and will always correct anything that has gone wrong with your vision if you can learn to open it up to him. Like Adam did, they realized they were naked and cried out to God. And immediately, God revealed his plan for redemption by clothing them with animal skin. Do you know that no matter what the enemy has done or is doing to spoil or to stop you from fulfilling God's purpose for your life, God can and will always be there to restore everything that has gone wrong or can ever go wrong with your vision if you can relate it to him, if you can expose your nakedness, if you can let him know what it is, no matter where and how you have missed it. So I encourage you today, if you feel you have missed it somewhere or somehow, or that something has gone wrong with your ministry, whether it's as a result of your mistake or it's the work of the devil. Open it up to God. He can fix it. I told you that you can correct your destiny by praying and in prayer. Get addicted to the Father. Seek help wherever and whenever. Wherever and however you can find help. Please seek help. Rise up and fight the good fight of faith with every breath in you. And I can assure you that you will emerge victorious. It doesn't matter how big you think that problem is. I want you to know that God always and will always have a plan of restoration. So don't give up on your vision simply because of a mistake or something you did or because of a scandal. Talking about scandal, do you know that your vision can actually be hidden in a scandal or in any wickedness or schemes of the, the enemy? That was what actually happened to Jesus. The Bible says that the rulers of this world thought that by killing Jesus, they would have put an end to his ministry. Little did they know that that was actually the introduction or the beginning of the purpose, the unfolding of the purpose for which he came to accomplish. The same thing goes for us. Satan can plan anything or use anybody who opens up to him to do anything or say anything about you. But that may be the beginning of what God will use to introduce or announce you. Because God works in mysterious ways. That's why the Bible says that if the rulers of this world knew that what they planned and did to my Lord was actually going to lead to the actualization of his purpose, they would not have done it. Just so that it doesn't come to be or it doesn't come to pass. And that's why I say to you today that no matter what happens, no matter how bad it is, bring it to God. Open it up in prayer. Stand up and fight for your destiny. Arise with the strength of God. Don't give in to despair. Look ahead and see the light. God has given you everything. And I mean everything it takes to live a rich and a fulfilling life. It's all inside you. To tell you the truth, I've had my own share of the brunt. So many people have said a lot of things about my vision, about the purpose of God for my life. Satan has used and is still using a lot of people to perpetrate lies and scandals against me 
I'm against what God is using me to do just to distract me. Some persons have even suggested that the vision is too bogus and that I should hold on and focus on other things because by their rating, I am not qualified to do what I am doing. And some have even suggested that it is not yet time to step out and so many things. But the question is, what other thing or what other things will I be doing other than the work of my father? You see, you will hear all sorts about me or about your own vision. But to tell you the truth, do not be distracted. As, as for me, I am not distracted. I am focused and I know, I'm sure that God is in this thing and he will prosper every work that he has started in my life. And he will prosper every work that he has started and that he is about to start in your own life. It will shock you to know that the time God instructed me to take up this project was exactly the time I woke up to the biggest scandal of my life. That's a story for another day. So when they try to stop you and you are unstoppable, they will tell lies against you. They will try to assassinate your character. But I tell you, my brother and my sister, don't stop. You see, faith is actually a battle. And that's why Satan will always come against the people of God, especially those who have the calling of God upon their lives. That's the reason why St. Paul admonished us to fight the good fight of faith. So I say to you again, rise up. Take up the strength that is not your own, the strength that is from God, and refuse to give into despair. Refuse to give into distraction. Look ahead. Ahead of you, there is a light. Draw strength from that light. And take advantage of everything that God has deposited in you. And I, I tell you what, you will be so shocked at what God can use you to accomplish here on earth. Once again, I say to you, it is in you. It is all inside of you. And everything, anything you see, whether good or bad, positive or negative, it is all part of the vision. Embrace it and fulfill the vision and the mandate of God upon your life. Shalom.